This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations of people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann, I'm at Otago Polytechnic today, and I am joined by Steve Downey. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Sam. It's good to be here. How was your bubble life? Bubble life. We're going back a few months now, Sam. A year. A year, exactly, almost, is it? More. We had our birthday on Wednesday. Wow. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, bubble life was interesting for me. It was, um, I've got four little kids at home. So, well, not so little, four, six, eight, and ten. That was unplanned um, to be that, that equal in numbers, but of course they're not always equal, <laughs> uh, even numbers. But yeah, we were, um, yeah, schooling was a bit of a, a challenge at times, and for me to do my work at home and have try and have relatively private conversations with people, um, they would often get interrupted by my beautiful children. Um, so it was a challenge, but um, often I got to actually get out and about and um, help students and staff in the community who are in need of essential supplies such as food and lecture notes and things like that. So I was actually driving around town quite a bit. And so what is it you do? So I'm a chaplain here at Otago Polytechnic, and um, so I'm part of the student success team, which we are just basically supporting students in any way that we can. Um, and yeah, so I just had a role of getting out and about and checking in on students and um, yeah, helping them with all those essential supplies like textbooks and laptops and food. During the lockdown, were you actually out and about supporting students? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah, providing those essential was supplies. That, that was allowed, an allowed thing, was it? It was, an, we got special approval from the CE, the CE of the Polytech to do that, so yeah. So you were just there supporting students in whatever need yeah, that they had? Absolutely. Well, it was more they had a physical need, so they needed a laptop to do their study, they needed food because they didn't have any money, um, and then we used that as an opportunity to check in on their well-being and how they're doing and just have a, have a good conversation with them. Yeah. From your perspective, were people challenged? I, I know that it was the, the physical challenge, the things like having access yeah. to laptops and things, but was there a deeper challenge that people were facing? during the pandemic? Yeah, I think the, the most significant challenge was isolation and just people were out of their routines of connecting with people and they were at home and they just didn't have that those routine connections with people and I think that's what a lot of people were lacking and and so when I'd pop up on their doorstep it was almost like a breath of fresh air in their <laughs> life. It's like, I don't know who you are but it's good to see you. <laughs> and you're... you're Waikowaiti. Yeah, live out in Waikowaiti, yeah. It was a great drive in during lockdown. 30 minutes, well, it's usually 30 minutes. 
Uh, no, road, no road rage at all. It was it was beautiful drive, yeah. And you go backwards and forwards in an electric car? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. You're a fellow Leaf owner, aren't you? Oh, we are. Yeah. No, that, I mean, to think that there was hardly any traffic on the roads and then I'm just driving down there on State Highway 1 by myself and my Leaf, it was, um, I felt like the plants were breathing a sigh of fresh air. <laughs> Did you get stopped by the police or anything like that at any stage saying what are you doing driving around? No, no. Maybe because I was on a leaf they didn't, they yeah, thought I was he responsible. Mu- he, must, he must be responsible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how was the community in in Wakawaiti? Yeah, there was, um, my, my wife often had these regular um, gatherings with um, our neighbours so they would go out at a particular time each day and they would just sit out there and drink coffee 20 metres apart from each other and they'd kind of yell at each other and have good conversations and yeah it was a good way of doing community for for them and um, for me it was um, it was always good to drive past houses and just just waving into people's windows I think under normal circumstances it would seem a bit <laughs> over the top or a bit you know Staring at everyone's window, trying to figure out if it was a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah, a bit stalkerish, but <laughs> I think during lockdown it was okay to wave into people's windows. So, when it's not COVID, what does a chaplain do at a place like this? Yeah, so so basically, I'm 100% here for the students and staff. So I guess that's quite a unique role. I guess supporting both students and staff. Most people here are either doing working for staff or working for students. Or, but um, yeah, it's providing that what we call pastoral care which is basically just being there as a person of support um, not in any particular way I'm not a trained counsellor um, but I'm just there to have good yarns with people and help people through difficult times um, but just to be there as a presence in the community that can actually just help out where, where necessary Do people? Does it have to have that spiritual element or is it, did you like look past that or it doesn't need that yeah we, we try and keep the bible bashing over the heads to a, a minimum <laughs> um, although I'm a person of faith Sam I yeah it, it's all about being there for people and if people want to talk about that faith element or that religious element then yep sure we can do that um, but there's more to life than than that we, we're there to meet the person where they're going whatever they're going through at that particular time Let's take the first of your music choices then. Let's have a person of faith. Let's have George Michael Faith. <laughs> Because I got to have faith. I got to have faith. I got to have faith. 
So, Steve, when we came back from the big lockdown, was it business as usual? Did, did you come back to a different place or different sense of, of, of well-being in the place? Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was there was an atmosphere of real uncertainty, and I think um, especially when people's some things are going on in people's home lives, that uncertainty can bring anxiety as well. And yeah, there was a there was a lot of staff wanting to connect with me when we got back from lockdown, um, and there was a lot of students who were approaching our team who were in, you know, <clears throat> who were, had well-being needs to that needed worked on. So yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on in people's lives, and I think it was the COVID just accentuated everything else that was going on because regular life didn't stop, you know, the relationship breakdowns, the having to achieve certain grades or get reports in that didn't stop but we had this added thing on top of it so it just exacerbated things I found in terms of the maybe not in terms of the the faith and that spiritual perspective but to what extent do you have to work with people in terms of having a a vision and, and a belief that there's a there's a positive future out there when things might seem quite bleak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you're always trying to think and say, well, what, what do you live for? What's important for you in life? And you know, and I let the people lead those conversations, and they let me know what they what they live for, what's the most important things in their lives. And I said, well, how, how can you support that vision? How to, can you support that passion at this time? Because sometimes people just lose track of what's most important to them in life, and. I'm just there as a person who can just help them re-engage with that. And sometimes during COVID, people didn't feel that they could do that or this big dark blanket had been put across their eyes and they couldn't see, didn't have vision of that anymore. So I was just helping them get re get back in touch with that, I guess. I think that one of the things that we managed to pull off, and we've talked to a lot of people around the around the world, and perhaps because of New Zealand's success, or maybe it's the other way around, we didn't do the pandemic from a base of fear. Mm. And so the, the government's communication wasn't so much about that that fear. It was, let's be kind, let's, yeah. let, 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 let's go on with this, we can do this. Yeah. Do you think that that, did that come through in the conversations that you had with students and, and staff? Yeah, I, I, I got the sense that everyone felt that they had a role to play in the greater good of the pandemic in New Zealand. Um, people felt that their role was important and they had a sense of importance in that and I think definitely when I'm talking to students about spirituality and things like that, it's like they had a real sense of identity in this that I'm an important part and if I don't play my part in this then, you know, the proverbial could hit the fan and we could be successful and we could contribute ourselves yes yeah by staying at home and watching netflix absolutely yeah. <laughs> it, it didn't require us to be do superhuman efforts or it didn't require us to go to africa and feed the hungry or anything like anything like that no we were just asked to be, just pull together pull together do be humane be human and be kind to one another I was going to ask you about that, be kind. 
why do you think that was so successful? I, I do think our Prime Minister had a role to play in that. We can't, um, you know, I'm, I'm not getting into any particular p political views here, but she came across, she brought a word of empathy, I think, and that really related and resonated with a lot of people. Um, it wasn't like a do this or do that. It's actually like, hey, we're all in this together. You know, think with your hearts. How, how would you like to be treated? It was kind of that sort of a message. And I think that really resonated with a lot of people. They wanted to, to be a part of that vision. What's impressed me is that with, in this case, in the pandemic, the, the coming up with this, this is the approach that we're, we're running, this be kind message and so on, but also immediately following the, the Christchurch shootings. Yeah. That came out so quickly. Mm. That wasn't something, that, that response, that empathetic response, wasn't something that had gone through a, a marketing focus group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it really does look like governance based on those those values. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, there's a there's a Bible scripture that I hold dear to, and it's out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I really felt that that wasn't just Jacinda and other politicians actually just saying those words out of just because that'll impress people. It was actually out of their out of the their hearts. It was something that they actually really believed in that they were speaking to us. And I think that's what grabbed a lot of our attention is that actually they're serious about this. This is this is something that they believe in. Um, and it was for the greater good of the well being of New Zealanders and I think Jacinta felt it actually seems like she actually cares about New Zealanders. And I don't think we've had that from a Prime Minister before. That real sense of empathy that you can actually see that empathy coming across in their in their words. So what did the be kind message mean for you? Um I think it's just something that I've always wanted to do myself, um, being kind to others, especially in my role as a chaplain. But um, I think it was just that emphasis is that I could actually, when I said that to people and try and bring that message, I was saying, hey, our Prime Minister endorses that message too. I was like, thank you for backing me up here, Jacinta. <laughs> is it a, we've had lots of interpretations of what the be kind means, whether it be perhaps initially it was a be kind to your neighbours you know go and check on the neighbours next door make sure yeah. they've got enough yeah. food or you know that sort of stuff but I think later it sort of kicked in quite quickly for some people that it was actually about be kind to yourself as well yeah yeah um, and perhaps we can take from it sort of like notions of being kind to the wider community and the environment and so on yeah is is that a this is the you're saying that that message of be kind is something you've always done. Is it always tried that to, a, tried <laughs> to? <laughs> is it in your framing of it? Is it something that's kind of a holistic thing that applies in lots of different areas? Yeah, yeah. I, I do feel if you can be kind to yourself first and foremost, I do feel that you'll just be in a better place to be kind to others and just having role models in our society. Um, I mean, stemming from parenthood to people in high positions. I mean, you're doing a radio show, um, and you're you're demonstrating that kindness, uh, Jacinta. You know, all these people in positions of, um, I guess, influence. Um, when you see that demonstrated, you can't help but think, "Hey, this is gonna this is gonna have a long-standing effect throughout our population." Yeah, when they released the well-being budget couple of budget cycles ago 
you got the feeling that people thought it was of of interest kind of from an academic perspective this this notion that we're going to be governing not just on gdp but there's there's wider things and people say yeah that's nice and the international media picked up on it but then quite quickly it was a like, yeah but where's the money yeah and i think that what this has really done is shown that we can govern on the basis of well-being yeah I totally agree yeah i don't think it's i think some people might find it hard to you know invest all this money into well-being when you don't see practical results necessarily but i mean yeah i just think you see, see how well new zealand did in the during the lockdown uh, we did really well and i think that comes from that platform of well-being being at the center and focus of you know our strategies do you think that 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 notion of well-being has turned a corner is it going to stick yeah i hope it will yeah um I, you know we've got all these courses and things uh, that happen at various uh, institutions and schools now um you know i just see what's happening with bullying at school the anti-bullying campaigns that's doing great stuff and we're doing the good yarns here at polytech which is just having good conversations about well-being and mental health you know i think i think we're going in the right direction eh? There still still needs to be a bit more. I still see, you know, um, some of this culture in sports. Um, I'm, I'm a part of um, some amateur sports teams. And, you know, I still see, you know, that kind of well-being gets laughed upon. And, you know, I, I just do I do feel we've got a little bit more to go with the, having those yarns about well-being. But, yeah, we're getting there. It's, it's getting through society slowly. Yeah. I like the... Thinking of the purple posters that have come out of the Christchurch group, yes, um, the, the institutions covered in them. Are, yeah, um, it, it's really exciting that that is being seen as a thing which it's it's okay to pro- produce those things and not it not be seen as some kind of flowery thing that we just ignore. It is actually a thing that matters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, that's just exemplified by you go into our our bloke's urinal just down the corridor there and it's like need to talk to someone dial this number um 1737 i even know the number because it's in my face every time (laughs) i go to pee (laughs) bubble sprite of the forest of orakanui dinan's favorite goddess tahu mackenzie kia ora koutou I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes. I really hope that wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we all is proving to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day. Who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect technique, yeah, making things better. Thank you. So I know that for me, it's just been a real whirlwind this last year. Obviously for us all, we are moving through different states of being constantly and constantly learning and growing and co-evolving with all life in an infinite web. But I know that for all of us, over the last year, we've faced many challenges. We've had to do things in such different ways that we had never imagined. And I know for me, launching into 2020 with 2020 vision, Planuary, 
all, all of these structures that I had put in place in order to support myself to achieve what I felt I wanted to achieve and all of these ways that I was engaging with my daily reality reinforcing and strengthening these patterns of behavior in order to achieve the goals at that time that I was very focused on and then of course everything changed and everything changed for everyone and still is changing for everyone so I am very grateful that we have shared this experience and of course here in Aote Dunedin and on a, on a larger scale Aotearoa New Zealand we have been so fortunate we've been so lucky I think for all of us this means we have so much that we can share we have so much that we can contribute to helping the rest of the world I think it's important very important that we do that one of the things that I think for all of us and for everybody around the world that I know that we have felt at different times is a sense of anxiety and a sense of, of fear, a sense of worry, a sense of needing to know, needing to understand, wanting to control, wanting to feel in control as much as we can. And I think for us as a species particularly, we equate knowing, we equate understanding, we equate control, we equate being in control with feeling safe and being safe. And so for all of us, what a huge learning to, to realise that actually we can still feel safe if we don't know what's coming next. And we don't. We can still feel safe if we can't control what's around us. And we can still feel safe even if we don't understand what's happening. And in many ways we can't understand but we can still feel safe. One of the reasons that we can still feel safe is that innately we have a safe place within us. We have a safe part of ourselves always within us. And this sanctuary within us, this awareness within us, this conscious within us, presence, this eternal realm within us, connected to all life in that infinite web, we can access that whenever we need to, whenever we want to. And one of the great ways that we can, of course, is through our breath, Another great way that we can is by tuning in with our senses. We can be looking around, we can be listening, can be smelling, feeling our, our bodies, our skin, a sense of our, our inner body as well. And just by tuning in in these small ways, we can reassure and reaffirm and reassess, let ourselves know that we are safe and I really recommend this if you are feeling anxious and worried. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Steve Downey. What sports are you involved in? Sports? Um, I've been traditionally a summer cricket man and a winter football man. And so uh, one thing I've actually um, been doing quite a bit of is um, popping over to our turf the new turf just located at Logan Park there, going down on my lunch break, having well-being lunch breaks and kicking a ball around down there. I've been trying to get some staff members to join me, but most of them have been reluctant. How about you, Sam? Do you play football? No, I swim. You swim? Oh, very good. Mm-hmm. Are you related to Brendan Downey? No, I'm not. I'm a triathlete from Dunedin. Brendan oh, Downey. no, I'm not. So we've seen lots of changes over the last year, societal changes. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Yeah, I think 
I do feel that during the height of this lockdown, we were really considerate of our neighbours and, and, and that. And I, I just feel that maybe that emphasis has just gone down a bit. And I'd just like to see this kindness and this thinking about others in a greater capacity being a bit more prevalent, I guess. Um, and not just during hard times, but actually during the normal times, whatever normal times look like, <laughs> Sam. Um, but just, you know, that's at the height of our minds all the time of how's my neighbour doing? Yeah, and I think this brought us closer to that place of that real true empathy. But, you know, we've still got a bit of a work to do, I think. What lessons do you think we can take from the pandemic and how we've responded to it for the the bigger questions challenges that we face i'm thinking of things like climate change and systemic in, injustice mm. the sorts of things that we can't fix by staying at home for a few weeks yeah but are there still things we can learn from that absolutely absolutely i mean i could hear the trees breathing when i was driving to work you know um <laughs> each day so you know i think from a sustainability perspective you know i don't know if we can get any feedback from how good the pandemic was for our environment i don't know if there's any data on that but i'd love to see if it, there was um but yes the the big thing for me was the sustainability of being kind to other people and that's you know community will good community is going to sustain um fellow people and i think if we can just really dig into that deeper and not just rely on a pandemic to bring us closer together and connecting with one another but do it out of the overflow of our hearts on a regular basis, I think our, our communities will be stronger mentally and, and yeah. So your kids are four, six, six eight, and ten. ten yeah. So they, you were homeschooling them during the pandemic. Yeah, we were. They, they, they went back to school happily, and they did. The school year's gone all right. Yeah, it's been a good year for them. Um, and in fact, it was it was quite nice to be able to um, play a part in their learning. You know, um, they probably only got about a an hour's homework per night um, but that was that was enough and just to kind of be that I guess that lead educational figure in their lives was a real opportunity for Laura and myself and yeah it was fun it was fun um, and there was some great online uh, apps that they got given uh, Prodigy and Study Ladder and these sorts of things it was great and mixing them with a bit of Minecraft here and there. You know? and, and, and walks on the beach and yeah. learning from playing in the forest. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Walks on the beach. Big one. We're out in Waikowaiti, so. You've got a nice beach. Yeah, it's a lovely beach, yeah. Yeah, and they see horses every day walking down there as well, trotting along. Shame you can't drink the water. It's a, it's a bit of a shame, but um, we don't, the kids have stopped flinching, you know, so I think, I think the lead's pretty much gone, <laughs> hopefully. Is it getting resolved? I, it's the DCC we're talking about, Sam, so I'm not quite sure if it is or not. Um, yeah, I think it actually, there was a lot of people really upset about it and quite anxious about the whole thing um, until most of the tests have come back really negative. But prior to that, yeah, a lot of people were struggling and finding it really hard. And yeah, I, I kind of didn't worry too much about it because, yeah, my wife's a medical professional and she she got all the results she sees all the results and says no no one's everyone's fine it's not a big problem so yeah have they given you a, a date for, is when the water comes back 
<laughs> no, they haven't. No, no promises have been made. No promises have been made. So you, the water's still on in your house. Yes, the water's remained on in everyone's homes. You just got told not to drink it anymore. So you use it for showers, washing your dishes. I think that's borderline for some people. Um, but we wash our dishes, we shower in it. We just don't drink it or use it in cooking. Yeah. Ooh. Let's take the second of your music choices. We're going for cheesy again. Very cheesy, very cheesy. <laughs> bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer.
So we're recording this on Thursday. Well, we love to call it Good Thursday. I always good Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> it is a good day. Bef- it is a good day. <laughs> I'll give you that. And we're broadcasting on Easter Monday. Right. Do you have plans for the Easter holiday? Yeah, yeah. So um, Nana's coming to stay with us. Um, we've got a caravan parked up in our backyard, so she'll come and stay in the caravan, and the kids will just love life. Um, and mum and dad will love life that we get sleep-ins because Nana will get the kids up. So You have to tell her not to drink the water. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely remind her. <laughs> How did the the kids react to the the pandemic how did you explain to them what was going on yeah yeah I think it's a good question because I think kids look to those um, figures in their life for how how are they reacting and I think they're very observant and so we were just very mindful not to appear stressed or anxious or anything like that around them but to actually just but to actually be there as people to actually discuss things with them and so they call it that We've got a thing in our house because we've got a we've got a water filter that filters the lead out of our water, and then we've got the taps, obviously, which is, is, has the lead water in it. And so the kids refer to the water out of the taps as the lead water, and the water out of our filter is the unleaded water. <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, just just talking to them about this sort of stuff, and and you know what what that what potentially lead poisoning can do, and. It, I think it's really important to actually give them a good deal of the information so they're aware of what's happening and they're very observant, they look at our reactions and if we're appearing stressed I think that's going to relay onto them. So we're, we just tried to come across as as um, enthusiastic about this opportunity to live life a bit differently um, but also to just say hey this isn't a big deal, you know, there's more important things going on in life than a bit of lead in our water. Yes, we, we brush our teeth with the lead water, Sam. Oh, do you now? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Have you explained to the kids that the unleaded sign on the on the petrol pump is not quite yes. the same thing? <laughs> yeah, one of them did ask the question. <laughs> yes, yes, don't get confused, kids. <laughs> We've seen the pandemic as an opportunity for a, as a reset. And some people are describing it as a, a recovery or a regeneration or as a something else. They all seem to start with R. Yeah. How are you seeing it? Oh, that's a good one, Sam. I, I think I just see it a, at the moment. I'm still in the place where I just see it as an opportunity. And I'm not quite sure what that opportunity is. But we need to learn from it. Because a lot of positives came out of this. And like for example people being there for their communities people reaching out to others um, the way we can you know enhance the way we do learning um, all these positive things came out from came away from it and I just think you know let's not let those lessons that we learn go because I think some of those can be applied to non-COVID times yeah and make will make a real be a real blessing in our communities do you think it's a return to business as usual or to return to a new normal yeah i hate what those terms you, yeah. yeah no i hate those terms it's I, I, I mean i suppose it is a bit of a new normal um but i just don't like the term it's just sounds um like life's boring it's normal um no it's we're, we're, we're in unique times and i think we just need to embrace the unique times and learn um learn new ways to do things and I think that's a be- beautiful thing about life. Life always keeps us on our toes. 
and uh, if we can be just keeping up with the play, yeah. So a year in, has your work changed? Yeah, slightly, slightly. Um, I've had to do, I mean, as a chaplain, I was always face-to-face. -face. I had to do everything face-to-face because, -face I don't know, it just felt like it was that, that personal touch. But I've actually realised that online you can actually have a personal touch online as well. And I think what you're doing here with this um, this programme, I think it's got a beautiful, beautiful character to it. And I think you can feel the warmth of this programme and the warmth of what you want to get across, your, the message from your heart. It comes across you can feel it and and it's you know and it's a program it's not in person so yeah we can do things humanely online um as long as it doesn't become the, the be all and the end all i think yeah have people gotten over the the disruption is that still affecting them i mean you were talking before about how quite often you're faced with people who are uh, suffering let's go for suffering yeah. uh, are suffering from some sort of personal disruption yeah did the pandemic kick off a whole pile of that kind of thing and, and has it settled down Ye yes and it is settling down but I still think that some people are living on edge and maybe they were a bit more prone to anxiety before this whole thing started but there are definitely some people who are still very weary of what's ahead they're, they're living in very you know the future is very anxious to them and you know it's sad to see that and as a chaplain I guess my role is just there to try and help them to find positive things in their life and things to look forward to each day um, you know so they're, they're ruminating on the fear of the future a bit less yeah do you do that through your own sense of being positive is yeah I guess so yeah yeah I just try and um, help them to you know look, open their eyes to maybe the good things in life that they've forgotten about because um, you know we are very blessed just being in New Zealand I think we're we're blessed here um, but yeah I just try and help people identify sometimes we just forget about the good stuff and yeah. it's remarkable how many people have said words along the lines of you know during the lockdown I actually stopped and enjoyed the flowers. Yeah, yeah. I, you realise things you didn't realise before. You noticed things. Yeah, because people were roaming around there, the suburb with nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah. And the things that jumped out, and people are actually interested in that and, and talking Absolutely. about that. So maybe that's something that we can try and yeah. and, and capture. Yeah, I noticed my neighbour. I noticed my neighbour had two different coloured eyeballs for the first time. Someone said that to me the other day. So yeah. I have some questions to end the show with what's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years oh I think I had a I had a considerable illness last year and just coming out on top of that uh, well gradually coming out on top of it still in process but that was to be here today I think is a big achievement for me yeah it wasn't lead poisoning no it wasn't really <laughs> well maybe it was flinch flinch <laughs> so we're writing a book of these conversations it's called tomorrow's heroes it's our team of people doing good work yeah so you're in the team what's the superpower that's got you into the mansion i think my superpower is just being available availability i think it's something that society is gradually losing a little bit is the power of just being available 
because um, we get very busy. And so, yeah, I will always make myself available for someone. That's an interesting take on being you being busy by being available yeah, 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 not yeah, actually yeah. doing something right now exactly right <laughs> <laughs> am Maybe. i actually working by being available <laughs> <laughs> it depends on whether you're skiing yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> if you're skiing but you're carrying your phone does that count as work <laughs> do you consider yourself to be an activist no no why not um, because I think, oh, that's a tough one, Sam. I just, yeah, I just think, I kind of feel like activists are, oh, I've lost, lost it on this question, Sam. Because I, I feel like everything I do, I'm following on from what other people have done. And I feel like an activist is someone who's, you know, kind of like pioneering things. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'm. a lot of people have gone before me and done the hard work and I'm carrying on what other people have done. Yeah. But hanging about being an activist for positivity. Yeah, is that yeah, I guess a good so. I guess yourself? so. Actually, you've, you've, you've changed my thought on that. Well done. Yeah, maybe I am a bit. <laughs> so what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, God, family, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I come to work here, I everything I do is out of love. Yeah. And everything I do at home with my family is out of love. And for me, that stems from God. And yeah, so God, family, love. Yeah, that's what motivates me. Yeah. And wanting to make my kids proud as well. Yeah. So what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to? in the next year or so? I think the biggest challenge for me is to try and make chaplaincy not appear to be all only for religious nuts. Uh, it's actually something that we're actually just trying to be people who are here for people. And although we stem from a religious background and you know the roots of what we do is, is religious, it's, it's actually just being a human to other humans and that's essentially what you know the show is about what 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 chaplains do and um so i was i guess it's just overcoming that stigma and um making it people realize that it's actually for just anyone who wants a yarn or just wants someone to lean on in a time of trouble so the vicar of dibley was on the right track <laughs> yes absolutely 100 <laughs> percent. finally do you have any advice for our listeners Yep. Oh, the advice I always give to anyone when anyone else asks for that sort of that sort of a question is be yourself. Um, and the reason I say that is I think we can try and be so many things to other people. We can try and get our identity from our work. We can try and get our identity from impressing others. But actually, you are all created individual. You know, unique. And I believe there's a uniqueness in everyone. And I encourage people to find their own uniqueness so be yourself thank you very much for that now we have some options to go out to okay we we're trying to avoid cheese but then i thought i'd ramp up the cheese instead. <laughs> thank you so let's go to, you get to choose okay. would you like superstar yeah Dance. 
The Old Landmark, that's the James Brown song from Blues Brothers. Oh, yes. Oh, you have met Blues Brothers. Well, well, well. Or, <laughs> all know another Vicar one. of Dibley theme. Yep. Yep. Or, Monty Python, always look on the bright side. Oh, no, Monty Python, always Some look on the bright side. Some things in you. life are made. Thank you. Things. Really, mate, you made. Other things just make you swear and curse. When you're chewing on life's gristle, that grumble, give a whistle. And this'll help things turn out for the best And always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing when you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. Hey, always look on the bright side of life. Come on. Always look on the bright side of life. For life is quite absurd, and death's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bow. Forget about your seat, give the audience a grin. Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow. So always look on the bright side of death. Just before you draw your terminal breath. Life's a piece of shit. When you look at it, life's a laugh and death's a joke, it's true. You'll see it's all a show, keep them laughing as you go. Just remember that the last laugh is on you. And always look on the bright side of life.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.